Al-Bayan Radio presents the following lesson from Masjid Al-Azhar, Bilmo. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Alhamdulillah. Wa salatu wa salamu ala Rasulillah. Wa ala alihi wa sahbihi bihuda. Amma ba'd. My dearly respected brothers and sisters, we continue tonight bi idhnillahi ta'ala with the explanation of the poem called Al-Ha'iyya for the great Imam Abu Bakr ibn Abi Dawood al-Sijistani rahimahullah which is a poem the great Imam from the Salaf has written on the topic of creed, aqidah and we are currently discussing some of the attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala which the great Imam has mentioned in this book and in particular we were discussing the attribute known as an-nuzul or descending because nuzul or descending is one of the affirmed attributes of Allah azza wa jal which has been mentioned in the authentic sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala descends to the lowest heaven at the final third of every night. And this is what the Imam is talking about in this uh, part of his book. And we began discussing the attribute of Nuzul and that it is an attribute which is affirmed for Allah azza wa jal in a manner that suits his majesty. And... When it comes to Allah Azza wa Jal's attributes, the creed, the aqidah of Ahl Sunnah is very clear. And that is that we affirm everything which Allah affirms for Himself. Anything that Allah Azza wa Jal affirms for Himself, we affirm it for Him. Because He Himself mentioned those attributes about Himself. And Allah is most knowledgeable of Himself. So whatever Allah affirms for himself, we affirm it. And whatever Allah Azza wa Jal negates, denies from himself, we negate it and we deny it. This is the aqidah of Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah. And Ahl Sunnah, when we affirm the attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we affirm them literally. That what Allah speaks is what it is. This is our aqidah. As opposed to the people of innovation, the people of innovation who have become misguided in Allah's names and attributes by doing either ta'til, which is negating, or ta'wil, which is misinterpreting, or whatever else from the corrupted ideologies that the people of innovation have come up with regarding their belief in Allah's names and attributes. We do not change Allah Azza wa Jal's names and attributes. We take their meaning as they are. And the Sheikh, in his explanation, he mentions here that this is the aqidah of Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah. To take the attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala literally and their meanings literally. This is what the Salaf from the beginning were upon. And it was only later on where the people became misguided and they began 
to change and distort and modify and they took things metaphorically and not literally and so forth. And if you study the sects in Islam, like the Jahmiyyah and the Mu'tazila and the Ashaira and the Matrudiyya and their likes, you will see the difference between Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah, the people of truth, and the people of misguidance. The Ahl Sunnah take the attributes literally of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and they leave them as they are. As for the people of innovation, they start to play around and change. They say, Allah said this, but he meant that. Allah said this, but he meant that. Allah said this. So they start to manipulate and distort the attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the Sheikh mentions one of the great statements of one of the great Imams, Imam Malik rahimahullah. Imam Malik was the great Imam. He's one of the four Imams of the Madhabs. Yeah? Imam Malik. He was called Imam Darul Hijra, the Imam of Medina, because he was the greatest scholar of his time, there's no doubt, or one of the greatest scholars of his time of his time. There's no doubt about that. Imam Malik Rahimahullah, he was asked about this specific attribute of Allah Azza wa Jal. In one of his halaqat, when he was sitting down in Medina and teaching, a man asked him, and he said to Imam Malik rahimahullah, he said, or he quoted the verse of Allah Azza wa Jal, Ar-Rahman ala al-Arsh istawa. Sorry, not the attribute of nuzul, the attribute of rising, al-istiwa, which is the attribute of rising above the throne. Allah has affirmed that he rises or he has risen above his throne. He's mentioned that in seven verses of the Qur'an, the word istiwa, and there's plenty of proofs in the Qur'an and the Sunnah that affirm that Allah is high above the heavens, above his throne, and that he has risen above his throne. So the man asked Imam Malik rahimahullah, he said, Ar-Rahmanu ala al-Arsh istawa, which is the ayah, that's the verse. And then he asked Imam Malik, how did Allah rise? Look at his question. He asked how. This is the question we stay away from. We do not ask how regarding Allah's attributes. And that word in the Arabic language is kayf. Kayfa istawa. Yeah? This word kayf or how, we stay away from it regarding Allah's names and attributes. Why? Because Allah did not tell us or teach us how his attributes are. He just told us what they are and he informed us and taught us to affirm them as they are and leave it at that. Don't go into how Allah does this, how is Allah's face, how is Allah's hands, how is Allah's rising above the throne, how is Allah's nuzul. This how the Salaf taught us, we stay away from it because it's knowledge Allah did not give us. So the man asked Imam Malik, how did... Allah rise above the throne. So he's asking about the how. So Imam Malik rahimahullah answered that man with four points. And these four points, subhanAllah, all the salaf were upon it. But these four points in his answer, they became like a fundamental foundation for Ahl Sunnah regarding Allah's names and attributes. How did Imam Malik rahimahullah answer this man? The first thing he said to him, 
He said, Al-istiwa'u ma'loom. He said, istiwa, which is the action of rising, he said, is ma'loom. He said, is known. The istiwa is known. What does that mean? It means it is literally what it is. Istiwa means to rise. So here Imam Malik is affirming what? The meaning. And that's our aqidah. Does Allah rise? Yes. Is it literally rising? Yes. That's what Imam Malik said. He said in his answer, Al-istiwa ma'loom. Rising is known. Don't ask about what it means. Its meaning is clear. It means to go above. So Al-istiwa ma'loom. That was his first answer. Then he said, وَالْكَيْفُ majhul." As for the howness, how Allah rises, this is unknown. Look, rising is known, how he rises is unknown. And that's our aqidah. We affirm the meaning, we deny knowledge of how. Does Allah rise? Yes. Does it mean literally rising? Yes. How does he rise? We don't know. Does Allah have hands? Yes. Do they mean hands? Yes. Are they literal hands? Yes. How are they? We don't know. Does Allah have a face? Yes. Is it a real face? Yes. How is his face? We don't know. That's the aqidah of Ahl sunnah This is how we affirm literally the attribute but we deny knowledge of how the attribute is. Imam Malik, he said, Al-Istiwa is known, affirming the meaning. Wal-Kayfu Majhul. How he rises, we don't know. He then said, Wal-Imanu Bihi Wajib. To believe that Allah rises is obligatory. To have Iman that Allah rises is obligatory. Why? Because Allah told us this. He then said, وَالسُؤَالُ anhu bid'a." Asking how the attribute is, is an innovation. We don't ask how. So he summed up the aqidah of Ahlul Sunnah, the aqidah of the Salaf in those four points. Rising is known. How he rises is unknown. Believing he rises is obligatory. Asking about how the attribute is, is an innovation. That was the answer of Imam Malik. And once again, we bring this challenge to the people of innovation always. If you claim to follow the pious predecessors, including the great four Imams, then why do you not follow their aqidah? You will find people who are very staunch in following Imam Malik in his madhab, in his fiqh, Okay, no problem. If you follow Imam Malik in his fiqh, why do you not follow him in his aqidah? Same thing with Imam al-Shafi'i. People follow Imam al-Shafi'i's madhab, why not follow his aqidah? Because the salaf were upon this. And the Muslim should never be deceived by anyone who tries to claim that the aqidah of the salaf is besides this. It is not. They were all upon the same guidance. And it was only afterwards where the people of innovation deviated 
and began to teach a aqidah that is outside of the aqidah of what the great imams were upon. Now, the author, rahimahullah, after speaking about the nuzul, the descending of Allah Azza wa Jal, he then says, Al-Wahid. And that's one of Allah's names, the one true Lord or God. And Al-Wahid is from Allah's beautiful names, subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it means the one who no one shares along with him in his essence, his beautiful names and perfect attributes, his actions, and nor in his right to be worshipped. That's what Al-Wahid means, the one. The one means what? Yani the one and only in his names, his attributes, his action and his worship. He is alone. No one shares anything with Allah Azza wa Jal in this. In his names, his attributes, his actions and in his worship. This is what the name Al-Wahid means. Continuing with the Nuzul, the attribute of descending, the great Imam then says in his poem, إِلَىٰ طَبَقِ الدُّنْيَا يَمُنُّ بِفَضْلِهِ فَتُفْرَجُ أَبْوَابُ السَّمَاءِ وَتُفْتَحُ يَقُولُ أَلَا مُسْتَغْفِرُ يَلْقَ غَافِرًا وَمُسْتَمْتِحُ خَيْرًا وَرِزْقًا فَيُمْنَحُ What this means is continuing that Allah Azza wa Jal Al-Wahid descends down to the lowest heaven Granting bounties from his grace as the gates of the heavens are opened and spread widely. Down to the lowest heaven, the Imam says, because that's what the hadith taught us. That Allah Azza wa Jal descends to the lowest of the heavens. Because the heavens, my brothers and sisters, which is known as the Sama, are seven. There's seven heavens, and they are on top of each other. So Allah Azza wa Jal, at the final third of every night, as the hadith mentions, He descends to the lowest heaven, which is the first heaven above us, above the dunya, the first heaven. This is where Allah Azza wa Jal descends. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, أَلَمْ تَرَوْ كَيْفَ خَلَقَ اللَّهُ سَبْعَ سَمَاوَاتٍ تِبَاقًا Do you not see how Allah has created the seven heavens, one above another? Tibaqa means one above the other. So there's seven heavens and they are one above the other. So Allah azza wa jal, He comes down, He descends and how he descends to the lowest heaven, we don't know. But we affirm it because it's an attribute that Allah affirmed for himself. Why does Allah descend down? As the Imam mentioned, granting bounties from his grace. He gives out his fadl at that time. He gives out his bounty. Because it came in the hadith that when Allah descends to the lowest heaven, he asks, is there anyone asking me? So that I may grant him his request. Is there anyone asking me? So that I may grant him his request. So Allah descends to the final heaven or the lowest heaven at the final third of every night 
so that he can answer the dua for whoever is making dua to him at that time. That's the whole purpose. And that's why from the greatest times to make dua to Allah is at this time. The final third of every night. That's the best time to get up and pray your qiyam, your tahajjud, to make istighfar, seek forgiveness, and to ask Allah for whatever you want. Because that is the time where Allah Azza wa Jal informs us, He descends to the lowest heaven to answer the dua of whoever is asking Him. And to forgive whoever is seeking His forgiveness. Type question. When is the final third of the night? Who can determine the final third of the night for us? Or how do I determine the final third of a night? Does anyone know? Just before Fajr. Good. It is before Fajr, no doubt. Qiyam's around 1.30. Mazboot. But how do I determine it? It's not a time. I don't say one thirty is the final third every night. Who said that? Who said calculating Isha to Fajr? Was that you? Close, Majid. But not Isha. When does the night start in Islam? Maghrib. Maghrib to Fajr. That's the night. Maghrib. Till Fajr is the night. That time from Maghrib to Fajr, cut it in three, the last third. That's it. So even if you pray or get up right before Fajr, you've met the last third of the night. If you want to pray the entire third of the night, that's how you determine the last third. You get the time from Maghrib to Fajr and you split it in thirds and it's the last third. It's the last third of the night. That's how we determine the last third. And that's the best time, my dear brothers and sisters, for a Muslim to be asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because he specifically told us he comes down so that he can answer your dua. So that he can answer your dua. And the Sheikh then goes into the fadl, the virtue of this time. And how many people, they miss the opportunity of worshipping Allah at that time. And this is a huge loss. Some people, they, they sleep through the final third of the night. And billah, some even sleep through the fajr. They don't even get up and pray the fajr. And fa'lan, whoever does not, يعني, is not blessed with the opportunity even sometimes of, of praying or worshipping Allah in the final third of the night, he's been deprived, there's no doubt. He's missing out on a lot of rewards and good that is coming from his Lord, subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah Azza wa Jal, he praises the mu'min in the Qur'an for this quality, that they are up late at night worshipping Allah. When Allah talks about the, the believers in the Qur'an, He says about them, كَانُوا قَلِيلًا مِنَ اللَّيْلِ مَا يَهْجَعُونَ They would only sleep a little bit at night. Look at the quality Allah describes the mu'min with. They will only sleep little at night. وَبِالْأَسْحَارِ هُمْ يَسْتَغْفِرُونَ 
and during the late hours, the ashar means the late hours. That's where the word suhoor comes from. Because it's late before fajr. Allah says, وَبِالْأَسْحَارِهُمْ يَسْتَغْفِرُونَ And in the late hours, they are up seeking forgiveness. Because that's the time Allah said, He forgives sins as well. So a person that wants to repent, it's the best time for repentance. A person that wants to make dua for something, it's the best time to make dua. And a lot of people ask the question, do I have to pray at that time if I want to make dua? No, it's better and it's good if you pray. Worship, worship at that time is good. But even if a person made dua or made istighfar without salah at that time, inshallah they meet the hadith also. They meet the hadith also. So Allah Azza wa Jal says, is there anyone seeking my forgiveness so I may forgive him? Is there anyone asking so that I may give him? And Allah in the Quran also says, وَالْمُسْتَغْفِرِينَ بِالْأَسْحَارِ And those seeking forgiveness in the last hours of the night. The author, rahimahullah, said, as the gates of the heavens are opened and spread widely. The gates of the heavens are opened and spread widely. Because the heavens, my brothers, have gates. The heavens have gates. And the gates open. And when the gates of the heavens are open, what does that mean? Allah's barakah is coming down. And it means your dua is accepted. So when someone sees his dua accepted, it's a common phrase with the Arabs. That if I made dua and my dua was accepted, I say, Wallah, the gate of the heavens were open when I made that dua. Because the, the dua went through. And it went to Allah Azza wa Jal. So the heavens have gates. And the Imam is saying that the gates of the heavens at that time are spread widely. Meaning the doors of response. Allah responds at that time. Therefore, it is befitting for the Muslim to be up at this hour supplicating, seeking forgiveness and turning to Allah in tawbah, in repentance. Because the doors of response are open for him, so it is a great opportunity. And then he says, is there anyone seeking forgiveness who would like to meet a forgiver? Because Allah is the one who forgives and he's the one who asks who is seeking my forgiveness so that I may give him. Or anyone seeking gifts of goodness, meaning dua. Because Allah told us he answers the dua at that time. And Allah is the all knee. Allah is al-qareeb. Al-qareeb means the close. And even he in the Quran says to the Prophet ﷺ, If my servants ask you about me, O Muhammad ﷺ, Tell them I am qareeb, close. I answer the dua of the one who calls me when he calls me. So you have to have that iman that when you make dua, Allah is close. And he responds and he answers the dua of the one who calls him. So from the closest of times Allah is to the servant or the servant is to Allah, is the final third of the night. And also, 
This teaches us that there are certain times where dua is better than other times. The final third of the night is from the best times. Also, in sujood, in your salah, and Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said the closest that the servant is to his Rabb is when he's prostrating. When you are in sujood, that's the closest you can be to Allah. So he then said, so make a lot of dua in your sujood. Make a lot of dua in your sujood. So there's plenty of times where it is the best time to make dua. Sometimes we really want something but we're not asking Allah the right way or we're not asking Allah at the right times. It's important if you want your dua to be extra special and accepted by Allah to ask him at the times where the dua is accepted. Like the final third of the night when you're in sujood, before breaking your fast, when you're traveling and whatever the sunnah has mentioned regarding the dua being answered. For this whole attribute of Allah, and it's a beautiful attribute, Allah Azza wa Jal's nuzul, Him coming down to the final third, to the last heaven at the final third of every night, it's for who? It's for us. So that He can answer our dua and forgive the ones who are seeking His forgiveness. Insha'Allah, we will continue with the poem in our next lesson, bi-idhnillahi ta'ala. والله أعلم وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم. This program was presented by Al Bayan Radio, the voice of Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah.